everyone to the rest podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Roberts, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. So for the first time ever, we brought all equipment down to the art district here in downtown Los Angeles so I could introduce you to one of my kids. Marie, welcome. Hi, Mom. <laughs> you have this amazing space here and the story of how you began to create wonderful textiles and like you said, the adult blanket. I'll never forget the first time that you showed me that one piece of material that you brought from South Africa and you put this fur on it that felt like chinchilla and I couldn't stop touching and I said Marie money is no object you have to make these for a living (laughs) do you remember that I do I do and you know what's terrible is that it's this shearling that's a faux shearling that was so delicious and it's very very difficult to find now is it yeah it's very it's almost impossible to find yeah Okay, that it, was yeah. So I had a very limited amount of it, and it was extremely luxurious. But I've been on the hunt for it. it. Took me three years to find that. We were talking the other day. It occurred to me that I wanted people to know who you are, know what you do, and why you do it, and the heart behind your products, because I think they're unbelievable. And you just drew a parallel to rest and your work. Talk I, about it for a minute. I know, and I can't believe that this is the first time that never you occurred have, to me have crossed that we've crossed this bridge. Maybe that everything that you do is about the ethos and the philosophy behind rest, and everything that I do is about making things for the places that we rest, and, and yeah, that your body rests in and on. I really do create livable objects. I mean, that really is. It's always been my purpose that they look beautiful, but they're very sturdy. They kind of do life with you, you know? Well, a home is important. It's where we're most exposed. I feel like the home is just our, it is our foundation. It's our independent foundation for everything that we do outside of these walls. It's how we show up to the world. And I'm sure you could probably speak to sleep much more articulately than I can. But the place that you go to sleep in and the place that you wake up in sets a precedence for how we begin and end our days. And so the things that I make and what I do isn't just about making a room look pretty. It's really about form and function. And I really do create items that are meant for your body to rest on. And so much of your heart and soul is woven into the care, attention, detail, both to the construction and to the design of everything. Mm. that it's palpable. Thank you. I do pay a lot of attention to those things. It is. I just wanted everybody to know who you were and that out of the ashes from corporate America, and it's a story that many, many, many people share, came a beautiful thing. You found an expression of a hunger and a gift, a hunger for comfort and peace and tranquility and creativity and an expression of beauty and so from what could have been a disaster in your life really you turned it into something beautiful and built this great company 
Well, I think you really taught me. I have all these anecdotes, but you taught me so much as a young woman, a young girl growing into a woman about how important keeping your home nice and keeping yourself together was. And you had, you always had these like very small anecdotes and you always did these very specific things. So the attention to detail, I think that I bring into my work and probably into almost everything I do in my life came from a lot of what I absorbed watching you. I think you always took care and time to do little things that always made a really big difference. You can walk yeah, it's in, not the big things, is it? No, it's, you can walk into a person's home or their office or whatever it is, and you pick up a tremendous amount of information. And it's really, and that information creates a feeling, right? It's how you feel about that person, about how they feel about themselves. Um, and how they make you feel. Right. And all of that has a language, and it's, it, it is a composition of all of the small things. And so I think I do spend a lot of time paying attention to the small details. What would you say to people listening to us who feel like their life, emotionally, spiritually, physically, every aspect of their life is a mess? What's a practical thing you would encourage them to do today? I would say two things. I would say clean your room and set the table. And clean your room to me is about self-organization, and taking care of just cleaning out all the messes in the corners of our lives. Jordan and, Peterson says that too. Right. So you do that in an emotional way, right? You teach people how to identify the cobwebs and the in, in the stories and the trauma and the things that we're holding on to. And what's interesting in all the houses that I've redone is that you can see how trauma manifests itself and how a person Physically. is either organized or disorganized inside of their the spaces in their home. We create cavities of, of order. Or, or lots of disorder. And those things affect how we actually move throughout our day and throughout the world. So I'd say clean your room, right? And I'm a person who fixes my bed every single day the second I get out of it, just without question. Because that's at least one thing that I can do that I've done not only for my, I've already accomplished something, but that's I've one also, thing you've you can accomplish right. immediately. And I've also prepared a place for myself to rest. And and when I crawl into bed at the end of the day, it's a new bed. It's not the bed I woke up in. And I get to set new intentions as I fall asleep and wake up in a new day. And so clean your room and set the table is preparing for anybody else to come into your space and recognizing that this is how we show up to relationship with other people. That when our life and our personal environment is when we're dealing with disease or disorder, we are not capable of setting the table and per, and just operating in the performance of a meal, but which is the most communal thing that we do as human beings. And it's the most essential thing that we do is to break bread and, and share a meal together. It's how we survive, but it's also where we unpack and where we learn to communicate as we commune, right? And so clean your room and set the table. It's funny when you were saying that, I was reminded how for 30 years into our marriage, I never, ever, ever, ever left a dirty dish in the sink. Never. And I have that disease. Yeah. <laughs> you have that I disease. do. I do. Yeah. And I remember I always cleaned as I cooked because I wanted to enjoy the process, not the meal. And as you well know, the most important conversations we've had as a family have been around our island, have been in the kitchen. But all of us intuitively would 
pick up a knife to cut, a spoon to stir, a cloth to wipe, a dish to dry, a dish to wash. Everybody intuitively picked up something in the vicinity of the kitchen where the conversations were taking place. And it's occurred to me, especially as we're empty nesters now, that the family always partook in the preparing, the cooking, the cleaning process. And it was just so intuitive to us all. And it's amazing to watch you all come home as adults because everyone springs into action and does those things. So a home, and for us, a lot of it was around the kitchen. The comfort, the conversation, the conflict, the discussions, the working out of things was always around food and cooking. And of course, my ancestors are Italian and French and everything's around food and kitchen and eating and meals and and feathering that nest. Mm -hmm. But it's an amazing thing to watch it develop and unfold in your life in such a beautiful, creative way. But you take it to people's homes. That's true. I think in our house, the kitchen is the most popular. I mean, I think it is in probably anybody's house. But we really enjoy spending time with each other. I think as siblings, we love... It's not like, oh, I love my brother. Like, we enjoy each other as humans. So much. And we really do unpack a lot of stuff at our, around our kitchen table. I do think, and you could probably speak to this even more, I mean, as you know, mom, when you're, when your home life is not good, nothing outside of your home is good. And, and while I get that I only create things that shape what that looks like, oftentimes what those things look like are very indicative of, of what's really going on underneath. And I know that it seems kind of like silly and trivial that you make home goods, but it's, it's also my intention to create things that people that are conversational, things that actually that, that create comfort and, and create a platform for people to have the kinds of conversations that we have in our home. And, and even outside of the kitchen, which of course our like living area, good, bad and ugly is right off of, we still all pile on that couch together. Yeah, we do. And, to be fair, we have we have intense, intense conversations in our household. You so think sometimes getting out of the kitchen is the right thing to do. <laughs> you know what it is. Caleb reminded me the other day, Mom, look at the bright side. We were talking about something really controversial and we don't see eye to eye. And he basically said, Look at the bright side. I'm what you raised. I'm a clear, I'm a free thinker. I'm learning to reason and process things. And all I could think about was, yes, extend him grace, have patience and extend him grace, because it's exactly what we've done. You did really teach us to think independently. And I will Mm -hmm. say, you taught me, and as you know, my childhood was very complex and dynamic living with my foot in two different worlds and technically I was raised by two completely different mother figures you were married to dad but my mother was always in the picture and in and out but the way that you operated and the way that you did things really has had an effect on all of us I don't know it's interesting I forget who I was I think we were all together a couple of weeks ago and somebody said something and I said well mom raised us to be people that speak our minds but learning how to do that in and with love 
way. Yeah. And I said, and I think without getting into the story of it, we were talking about other people's perception at times of our family. And it's got to be uncomfortable for people who don't communicate like we do. Because we have really tough conversations. We (laughs) do. Riley's like, uh, it's true. We have really tough, tough conversations and they're spirited. And at the end of the day, you walk away and you just love each other, but you're very clear on what everybody thinks. And you're right. It's a little jolting. For someone from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a lot of room for genuine criticism with it. But I, but I will say, even from my perspective, I think that we end well, like nobody's ever said, screw you. And I'm out of here and walked out. You know what I mean? We'll still be piled up on the couch watching a movie 30 minutes later and then talking about it again 30 minutes later. <laughs> Till two and then in the morning. Exactly. In the morning for breakfast. But we show up to things. And I think you've always taught me to show up to things in a way that um, that does feel somewhat unique. And, and I know it sounds silly. And I know that I kind of keep going back to part of the conversation and why we're here is that when I cannot show up to anything, I can show up. And I'm just sitting here as we're talking. I'm looking at my bed and my sofa behind me, and I'm just thinking about how I've dealt with my worst moments in life. And sometimes all you can do is say, like, forget today, and I'm crawling into bed. And all I can do right now is to take care of myself. And rest for me has been, it's been a critical and often difficult thing to find. You are teaching me as I'm getting older to learn how to do that within myself and my brain, creating balance and Mm -hmm. harmony between my head and my heart, and always by speaking truth with other people in my life, but also in creating a place that I get to do that no matter what's happening out there. And there's been a lot of crazy stuff happening out there for a long time, but it just seems not going to go right. And it seems like the world is just crushing now. And so for me to be able to have comfort and safety at least within my four walls in a place that I enjoy where I can then unpack my crazy mind and try to figure all that out is really, really, really important to me. And I can't underestimate the value of that. And we touched on several themes. We began with the confusion, chaos, and disease that happened to you with encountering a lot of tough, tough stuff in the corporate world. The challenge that it became to you personally And the strength and courage you had to step out and say, I will not live in that anymore. And to go to that place that nurtured and discipled and instructed and informed you, colorful as it is, because if you come into our family, we don't neglect or avoid tough conversations. And we also, like you said, everything ends up with sitting on the couch and having conversations till wee hours of the morning. And like you said, and waking up talking about what we (laughs) left off, what we fell asleep talking about. But there's this beautiful trust, I think, that does develop in those relationships, in those spaces. There is a measure of comfort that comes with that, good, bad, or ugly, whatever whatever makes up what it is we're facing individually or together. We do have a space where we can show up, have those tough conversations, express those tough opinions, and 
doing so respectfully, addressing issues, not attacking people. My famous line, yeah. you can say anything you, you want, but, but do you address remember? the issue, don't attack the person. Yeah. That's not acceptable. Do you remember when I drug all you guys onto national television? <laughs> I try to block it out, actually. <laughs> and through all of this, do you want to know what I took, what the takeaway, speaking of home, we brought camera crews you into our house. people for uh, 18 hours? Okay. Marie was on The Bachelor. Yeah, I Basically. did that. I, I was, and yeah, she I made it all the way to the end in between her corporate world and her personal endeavors to go find herself. She had three weeks off, so decided, well, somebody called me like for this show. Why not? I decided I'm going to go. I'm interviewing it. Do you remember? Oh, I remember. What I said oh, to yes, you? Yes, I remember. No, you interview them. Don't let them interview no, you. No, you don't. No, it's not about them Ugh. deciding if they want you. They're going to want you. The question is, do you want them? Mom, my cerebral lobe had just newly developed. I was barely 26. My frontal lobe was very soft at that oh time. Gosh. And to very soft. Yes. Look, I, I really battled with it, but I did decide to the go. The Bachelor. And what was interesting is that, of course, then we brought all those cameras into our home. No, not we. You. I, I did. But yeah. you, you guys did support me in that, which was great. And it was a pretty crazy, one of the probably many, many, many crazy things that I've done. But what was really interesting is the public had a lot to say. You know that we had the largest viewership, I think, maybe in the history of the show, 21.5 million viewers. And there was a lot that went along with that. I mean, I was on the cover of People magazine, Us Weekly. I mean, it was mayhem. And it, it was, was over mayhem. But Do you remember when we were in the grocery store <laughs> oh after it was over? That was brutal. And <laughs> that was just brutal. <laughs> I said, I don't, Mom, I am struggling so much. People are staring what, at me. Well, yeah, I, I said, said well, I'm, so ups- I'm so sad. I'm so, I can't figure out what is going on with me. And you picked <laughs> up a magazine and said, I know why. <laughs> this is why. You were humiliated before 20 million people last <laughs> week. And the show television. just aired on national television. And this may air globally. I know what's happening. I did. That yeah. was amazing. I was laughing, crying. Right? You were laughing and crying. in the grocery store. <laughs> laughing and crying, almost peeing my pants. But to your point, it was wild and it was crazy. And yes, it was such a wild thing to live through. But people talked a lot. People talked a lot about our family dynamic. Do you remember that? They I tried to block lot. it out because they edited 18. They did. They edited five minutes. They did a crappy 18 job 18 hours editing. down to five minutes. It was less. And they did not put us in a good light. I'm not, wondering. To be fair, no, they didn't. Some of it. But I think people still saw through that. Did they? People really did. And I think that on the back, on the flip side of that, people did have a lot of very, people who were paying attention said, no, that's not da, da, da. And they Dr. said, at least asking. Memorized the, all the script, watched every show, read everything ever written. Who I have this? to say, Dr. McMaster's oh, did, had closely is. followed the show, oh my as well as hundreds of people that came out of the woodwork to tell me they saw us on TV. I was mortified. Well, people said, to be fair, at least her parents are asking him important questions. They did? They did. Well, there you go. I mean, out of all the fodder, and there was a lot, and I was very emotionally involved in the heartbreak part of it, because that was pretty big. But people did have some pretty important things to say about about our family I dynamic. I will say, for the first time ever, I've never spoken of this, I will say this, the producers invited us for a private screening. Do you remember that? Oh, my because gosh. Because they knew what they were yeah, doing. They did. Manipulated the narrative. It was really something. 
in terms of what had transpired in our home. And me, I had a feast for everybody. Remember, I thought it was a big party. Yeah. And it was wonderful. We did. It was television. It was television. Which, to your point, I spent, if you remember, a year or two working in television and kind of trying to figure out if that was what I wanted to do in the middle Thank of God my career didn't. and all of the other things. So having a sense of safety, like having coming back to that and having a sense of, of what really matters to me shifted. And this is, if you remember, kind of before Instagram and before the social oh, yeah. media things were really what they are now. So it was so, it was just very invasive and having like just coming kind of full circle back to you guys and, and back to what and how and why I do what I do. I really had a different experience than most people of what, like what home and safety and what really matters to me looks like in a way at a young age. Well, it shaped so much of what would become an amazing business for you, amazing products and the impact that even that traumatic experience had on your life and our family. I see the fruit of it inspiring literally hundreds of thousands of people that have your products in their home because you do everything Mm. with so much heart. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, Mom. That means everything to me. It really does. Thank you. I mean, as you know, you were just in my warehouse downstairs and I have just a warehouse filled with good stuff that people can buy online. That's right. And we are, Marie has graciously, is graciously making products available for our listening audience at a very, 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 very discounted price. And the proceeds will be directly going to help our first responders. Thank you so much, Marie. All right, everyone. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week.